Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I am Jim Short. Jim, we're back in Los Angeles, and I, I mean, our guest isn't even here yet, but it just I'm so excited that we're here. Um, we are on the set of Sons of Anarchy, which is my favorite <laughs> television show of all time. Don't you feel kind of like, uh, like um, anarchic? Don't you feel a bit sort of like gritty and... I feel really anarchic. I feel like Jeff Rappaport. Yeah. When Jeff Rappaport went on the set of Oz, because I never had a chance to go on the set of Oz, but we're on the set of Sons of Anarchy, and it's so exciting. And um, we're here. We're gonna do the afterword uh, show with um, Kurt Sutter and uh, Kim Coates and uh, Jimmy Smith and uh, Chris Frangiola is the host. Right. And so it's gonna be um, kind of a rundown of what we are. Um, I guess. What we are living in season six, and uh, Kurt Sutter is actually an old friend of mine. So this is a really exciting thing too to be able to be a part of this and see it um, kind of happening all around us. It's it's uh it's cool. It's kind of biker country, right? It seems biker-ish, like going outside and looking at the. This is actually the set. You know the the view this from this is it. This is all of it, right? Mm -hmm. This is where they do everything. Which I didn't. I thought this was just where we were doing. You were doing the after show, uh, great show. Mm -hmm. but I didn't know that this is where everything was done. Yeah, and the the way that we walked in here is what um they they shoot out onto the street, and this is like this is kind of their um, I guess it's their clubhouse, and that exterior is is where a lot of very riveting, important scenes have happened. Right. And so I'm, I'm just really excited. I was just wanting to think I got to get the business out of the way so that we can <laughs> really get down to it when Kurt gets here. Well, this is different because you're on set all the time. You're on the Drop Dead Diva set, which is nice offices mm -hmm. and very, you know, very good, like, you know, you know, nice. Here it's a bit sort of like biker bars and yeah. rough and tumble, like you're going to get jumped. Yeah. It's like there's a sense of danger uh, throughout the building. Um, this show is really, it, it, it just really doesn't hold back and it doesn't like pull any punches and isn't, I don't know. It isn't like anything else. So I'm super excited. We are um, going to be talking to Kurt in a moment. And this is like, you know, this is to me like a dream country. Like I always feel like I won a contest. I know, right? There's something about like being um, in the world of the the show that you love and, and that, that that's like an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, you have a constant or like um, uh, make a wish kind of life mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like all your wishes came true all you my are wishes. Set of anarchy, a set, a set of sons of anarchy <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh you're going to talk to the creator mm -hmm. and all the great people involved but like that's funny because when i drove up i saw them i saw some of the cast walking out and i'm like they're here oh they're here. wow who would you see who would you see I, I you know i just saw a lot of beards mm -hmm. and uh and and just just burly people oh I just yeah i kind of stepped aside because I, I got a bit panicked does it because it's it? so real, it seems so real. Yeah. And that's my natural uh, instinct is to hide when yeah. I see big, burly, bearded people coming towards me. I'm like, oh, I've got to duck somewhere else. Yes, I but know. Then, but they're probably just, you know, like, oh, there's actors. Yeah, they're actors. But then they look pretty real. They, and they, they, they've been doing the show for a while. So maybe at this point, they really are rough. I, yeah, I think so. There's a, there's probably a bit of, maybe a bit of them seeps, in it, right? Yeah, it seeps into your psyche and uh, your soul. Do you wish that you'd ridden a motorcycle up here? Yes. 
<laughs> Although if I had, then I would have, um, uh, I would have had to deal with that woman driving the wrong way on the freeway. Oh, I that's was, right. I was driving here on the 170 freeway, and there was a woman who was driving up the exit coming in. It was so crazy. Oh, here's Kurt. Oh, good. Okay. Hang on. Hang on one second. So here we are. We are here with Kurt Sutter, the amazing creator, the um, visionary behind Sons of Anarchy, and we are on the eve of going the night of going to season six. Yes, we are. How do you feel? Uh, I'm uh, I'm okay. You know, it's always uh, uh, it's always a little uh, surreal um, the beginning of a season because you have been working. You know, I've been back with the writers since uh, early February. Mm-hmm. So you, we're we're you know sort of neck deep in it uh, in terms of what we do, and then all of a sudden when it comes to pr- premiere time, it becomes this whole other animal, you know, and, and, uh, it gets a little surreal in terms of, uh, suddenly there's, you know, there's a point of view about what you've been doing for the, for the last, right. for the last six months. You know? Right. And, uh, and you know, all the, it's all the, the, the exciting stuff and, and, uh, uh, and then the, the pressure that comes with that. But, uh, um, and then, and then once it airs, then that sort of has its own rhythm. I think it's just mm-hmm. the sort of leading up to it. I think that can be a little, uh, for everybody, you know, everyone sort of, you know. Right. Well, it's a different world because when, you, when you're when you writing and then you're creating this and then you shoot it and then it, it, it's, it's a quite a long time, actually, you know, from the immediacy of writing to seeing it out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, the process uh, is, uh, is gratifying in terms of, uh, um, y- you know, I, I'm, 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 lucky in television because I can, you know, for the most part, we can pitch stuff, uh, you know, one day and, and, and break it the next day and write it the next day and shoot it the next day. And I can watch it and post, you know, mm-hmm. a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, unlike, uh, uh, you know, features, uh, uh, which I refer to as my virtual career. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but, uh, uh, you know, so that process is gratifying in terms of, you know, internally looking at it and, 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 you know, and, and we get feedback obviously from, from the network and the studio and, um, but then to, uh, then by the time the public sees it, it is, it's, it feels like it's a long, like it feels like when we had the, the, our little premiere, uh, the other night, um, and watching it on the big screen, you know, it, it's, it's been, you know, three or four months since mm-hmm. that, process began for that particular you know episode mm-hmm. and, uh, and it feels like oh oh that one <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. you're yes. already in your mind moved on to yeah tens tens yeah. episodes yeah. down you're concentrating on that yeah and it's really it's really hard i usually other than i i'll watch the episodes on air uh you know a, every every couple episodes i'll watch for a little while just to make sure the mix is good and everything is 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 working but it's really difficult for me to watch the show um uh once i leave that final mix because even at the premiere the other night it's sort of like oh i wish i didn't do that you know just, <laughs> i'm just i'm still editing in my head whether it be dialogue or whether it be the actual you know, edit. It's uh, it's really difficult to uh, to not keep wanting to tinker with it. You know, do you ever have an idea like, oh, I wish I'd have done this instead, or so, or is it? It's it's not just so, it's just little technical yeah, things. It's not so much because uh, I think uh, you ultimately have to uh, you know embrace that and trust that you know even if you have a different idea, you'll be sort of led to the next right place creatively. But I think it's usually just sort of like 
oh, I wish we didn't mix it that way or, or you know, it's, 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 it's like, um, you know, the fantastic thing about television is the immediacy. Um, but with that, the flip side of that coin is that, you know, you just don't have a lot of time to do stuff. Yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's very, you know, um, and at least in, in, a, in, a, in a pay uh, television model, I know, uh, you know, uh, HBO sometimes has a different model. I know David Chase would like, you know, write them all and shoot them all before they were ever aired because mm. he wanted the opportunity to, to change stuff and go back in. And, um, and uh, uh, you know, as, as, as tempting as that sounds to me in terms of, well, that would be great, I would just be afraid I would never be able to stop. Mm-hmm. You know right. I mean? my, if you had that luxury, of it, yeah. right. such like I would, you know, I eventually you just have to go. Okay, that's what it is, mm-hmm. which is sort of why I don't like to watch it because I sort of have to trust that. Okay, there it is, and and put it out there, and and uh, and and know that uh, uh, it's it either is going to work or it's not going to work. So, but it it it's worked so well. Yes, for all this time, and for me, like I just love the the world of it and that you actually have so much rich detail Mm -hmm. and it's acted so beautifully written Mm -hmm. so beautifully i love your character (laughs) he plays otto who is um i can't i don't know do you think otto is um sort of the dark side of of everybody's kind of psyche i feel like otto's kind of this he's a good kind of the darkness and the light there's all different kinds like the children are the light and the darkness is Otto. Yeah, I think Otto's the one character because he's in prison, I think, and because he, you know, uh, he's, you know, I just see him as, uh, <laughs> I just see him as a guy that's sort of, you know, he's, he's, he's given up, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of I'm never going to really have any happiness. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, and all our other characters, I think, even though they're, you know, they, they struggle and they go through bad things and they, you know, um, uh, and painful things, whether it's family or, 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 or with the club, there's always some thread of hope, I think, that right. weaves through their lives that allows them to wake up and have another day. Mm-hmm. Otto doesn't have that hope. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and that's, and that's really the, I think the, the, uh, if there was a point to that character, I guess that would be it. Oh, there's many. I love that character. <laughs> just, just the name. There, there is no positive Otto anywhere. <laughs> Otto is just always bad. Oh, yeah. Autos are. <laughs> Any Otto is just bad. But the Otto is, okay, he's on death row. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, he's gonna be executed. Yeah. He's been blinded. He's been, um, his wife has been killed. Yeah. Um, there, um, yet he, he, you know, he may seem like he's given up, but he actually never gives up. No, I think there's a loyalty he has, even after the things that go down last year, uh, or last season with him, there's still a sense of him potentially, you know, when he, you know, for me, the biting off of the tongue was basically his statement (laughs) of, of, all right, I'm not going to rat, I'm not going to talk. And, you know, I, I, you know, if there, if there's an arc to that character, I would say that a lot of it, uh, when, um, uh, when Luann died, which to me, if Otto had anything that was hopeful mm-hmm. in terms of even if it was just memory or the realization that she was still out there, you know, sort of kept him going. And when that went away, I think he felt like he had lost not only like that love, but the people that were supposed to protect her were, were ultimately responsible for her death and, and, and didn't protect her. And then and that's when I think he sort of, you know. That's when it went really dark for him mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and where he wasn't really concerned about consequences either to himself or other or anyone else. 
Well, I mean, certainly when he bites off his tongue and then spits it. It's like he, he he's being interrogated. Yeah. He bites off his tongue, and that and he's still you know you would think that that would be enough, but yeah. he's also got to spit it. I threw yeah he throws it at the screen, and it was the kind of thing where uh, on uh, even for me perhaps it was a little over the top, and uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't know if it would work, and and I directed that episode, and we were doing that where he was throwing it at the glass, uh, knowing the uh, knowing Torque was in there, and it was a rubber prosthetic, and it kept hitting the glass and bouncing off. Oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We had to rig it and and hit it, and then we had it on a string, and and it was crazy. We spent more time rigging the tongue, and 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 then at some point I was like, all right, this is. I, I didn't even think it was going to work. I thought it was going to be too much, as did as did the network. But we, the shot we used was from really from uh, Torek's perspective, and and Donald's um, reaction to that was like so perfect and so deadpan. It, it actually made it actually made it work, and we ended up keeping it in the cut. So it's brilliant because it really is so scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, you would think, well, it. I didn't know if it was over the top. It fit in with the world <laughs> of auto. It right, fit right. in with the world of sons. It was completely, but it was, I was really shocked. And I always think, well, this show can't shock me because I've been with it for five years now, <laughs> right, but right. it right. really can't. That's the great thing that it can. Do you ever get any feedback? Do you ever get anybody from the network go, mm, yeah, we're not sure about spitting a tongue at the thing. Is it, is it, is there a line that you have to like, that where they go, oh, the other stuff, yeah, but that one. You know, there's no, there's, um, um, I'm, uh, I'm not a guy with a lot of lines, uh, right. But, uh, uh, I think what's happened is now, you know, there's enough trust built up and, uh, and they know that ultimately if it's, if it doesn't work, if it's too much or if it doesn't feel organic, you know, or just, uh, you know, overtly gratuitous, you know, there is a, you know, there is a, a, a thread of absurdity that runs through this entire show, um, uh, you know, in my opinion, that that allows it to stay as, uh, and I say epic, not meaning great, but epic in terms of bigness. Uh, that uh, you know, I think is the balance. It 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 balances the grimness of the world because mm-hmm. those stories are. Om- you know, we, you know, I run right up to that 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 line all the time, and 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 that level of absurdity, I think, keeps it. You know, it keeps the humor dark. Um, uh, keeps the story sort of big and, 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 and gives people a little bit of distance from it. Um, and, uh, um, so I think the network is aware of that and, and allows me to sort of play in that world. And, and, uh, um, but they know at this point that if it's too much and, and, and that ultimately I'll, I'll, uh, you know, uh, but I always like to have the opportunity to at least produce it. Right, and then have that option in post whether or not I keep it in or not. But it sounds like they 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 trust your judgment of your own, like what is what is when you look at it, like yeah, let's not go that far. Yeah, which is really brilliant. That's why you want to want to do something where work with people who go. It's so rare now that the artist actually gets to do what they want to do, with also the mindset right. of like I know where to right. not go to. Right. We, you know, and it's a learned it's a it's a learned skill that we that we've. You know, both John Landgraf and I have have educated ourselves in terms of, you know, I became aware of of you know of of what worked and what didn't work, and and he sort of became aware of what it is I was trying to do. And you know, we had a scene in the second episode of the show or the third episode where, you know, there I forget 
would happen they're in some convenience store and there's a scene and some guy gets hit with an axe right mm -hmm. and it was really important for me to see that axe get land like land in that guy's head mm -hmm. and they saw it as just oh that's too gorish mm -hmm. it's too over the top but for me that was the beginning of that thread of absurdity right where you just went whoa you know, mm -hmm. and, and we don't show it a lot. It's not like it was, it, it's not like gore, like a walking dead gore where you, where you see guts and stuff like that. It's just the shock value of it. And, uh, and I really had a fight for that one because they didn't, they didn't think it was going to work. But I think, you know, from that point on, I was able to sort of dig in a little bit and say, okay, this is sort of, this is the way I want to tell stories. And mm -hmm. this is a, an element that I want this show to have that'll, you know, that sort of keeps it as you say, sort of keeps people kind of like, you know, can he surprise me? Can he not surprise mm -hmm. me? And, and, uh, and, and allows you to, I always describe it and we're, uh, 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 we're just uh, on audio here, but I always describe it as, as you want people sort of, um, uh, uh, leaning into your show. Yeah. And, and rather than like, you don't want them sitting back here. And mm -hmm. I think if you, if you give them some distance with, and, and, and with the humor and with some of the absurdity, it allows them to sit closer because they have some distance between that, the, the, the realism of the world. Right. You know, because a straight up drama just about the outlaw biker community would be really, you know, would be really grim. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's a it's a grim fucking world. It, right. It really it really is. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I I know a lot of guys in the life, and I and I love them dearly. But it's, you know, it's dangerous, and it can be it can be really grim. You know. Well, I mean, I feel like that that does capture the grim aspects of it and then also you have you seem to have a lot of support with people like Sonny Barger mm -hmm. part of the cast I mean you have um you have them on your side mm -hmm. telling what what is a very very illustrious very rich very you know sometimes really insane story but it's so insane <laughs> right. that it makes you think this is true right right that this happened well like the like head in the chili Right, right. right. <laughs> like, a human had in the chili that right. they were making, not because they were tr cannibals, but they were trying to hide. Right, well, right. if it was in the recipe. Yeah. It was, <laughs> you can't, you yeah. know, you can't. And that guy deserved the axe in the head, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I think I, th I think so. We've had we have really, um, for the most part, really strong support from uh, uh, um, the outlaw community. And, uh, um, and I think for a couple reasons. One is... One of the things I've really tried to do is is keep the um, uh, keep the details of the world very real. Mm -hmm. So although my stories are big and kind of epic, that you know, in terms of how they live, what they ride, what they wear, um, you know, how they engage, you know, the clubhouse chapel, like all that stuff, you know, is really um, as, as real as, as we can possibly, you know, um, um, get it. You know, so if I keep all those, you know, like I'm, I'm insane with my, uh, you know, production crew in terms of, you know, keeping the details of the world very real. And if I, if I can pin down that reality and, and honor that, then it allows me to tell these bigger stories. Um, and I think because we've been able to do that, that there is a certain amount of respect that we've gotten from, from the community. And, and I feel like I've gone out of my way not to exploit the world, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, uh, and, you know, and, and, and they've, you know, they've really embraced it from the jump. They really consider it, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I went to, uh, 
uh, I went to uh, uh, a birthday party for uh, for Sonny Barger, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know was was uh, with some of the guys from his club and a couple of the prospects, and you know, and they referred to it as a soap opera, but as as yeah. as their soap opera, right? You know I mean, so they have a lot of ownership in it in in terms of of uh, of what it is and and uh, and and how they respect it, and uh, um, and they're they're like really tenacious fans, like like they watch. You know, we do a we do our airing, and then we do a repeat airing, and a lot of them watch both of them. Yeah, you know what I mean to get like the details, and uh, um, and they're very plugged into the stories and. Uh, um, uh, so that's very gratifying for me because I feel like one of the things I was very cognizant of coming into this process was I didn't want to, you know, yet throw another log on the stereotype fi- uh, fire for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Having the, the you know, uh, perpetuating bad stereotypes. And, and uh, so I, I was very, it was very important for me to try to get it right and, and, uh, and, to, uh, and to honor that. And, uh, um, and this is just my theory about it all. And I may be completely off base, but I feel like because we've sort of put a human face on some of these clubs and some of these on the world, my sense is that we perhaps have made their lives a little easier just Mm -hmm. in terms of the general populace and, you know, in terms of law enforcement, you know, that we may have, you know, just humanized these guys a little bit, which is really, you know all they are you know they're just fathers and sons and you know they they got kids in school and, and mm-hmm. they work nine to five like you know what i mean so i i think by by sort of humanizing the world and 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 the, and the guys that wear the cuts and uh and that it's not the 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 stereotype i think we probably and that again i have no proof of that other than my sense is that we've you know we may have uh uh perhaps uh been uh, uh, been helpful that way as well. Well, the thing about it is that they are good guys. That that the, the 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 family. It's about being um, fathers and sons and mothers, and it's about all this sort familial relationship. It's about trying to keep control over the community. It's trying to um, make sure that like bad elements don't get in. It, it's a very interesting thing in a way that there's sort of like angels with dirty faces you know it's a kind of it's almost like a noir Mm -hmm. tale of very uh, moralistic people who are kind of looked at through the frame of being kind of gangsters but they're really they're really good guys so that's an interesting thing and the thing about the biker community as far as i know they really do a lot of charity work. There's always those like runs where they, you know, taking a toy, like mm-hmm. biker has like a big toy strapped to his mm-hmm. Harley and taking it to charity. Like there's like all this um, kind of community outreach that yeah. is like beyond uh, the stereotype. Yeah. No, I go to, uh, I go to uh, at least, uh, you know, two or three toy runs or, mm-hmm. or charity runs for these guys uh, uh, a year, you know, or, or help them out with that. And, uh, um, yeah, and, and it's really, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I, I always sort of looked at, at this, um, you know, uh, as being noir, as being mm-hmm. uh, pulp. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like if you can, it's, it's, you know, it's the hitch I have sometimes with, uh, you know, with some of the, uh, uh, the backlash or some of the, the not so great uh, critique of this show is that, you know, you know, you, looking at it through the lens of, 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 of something that it's not, you know, and, and, uh, um, uh, and I, and I knew that for this show to work, that it, it definitely would have to have that pulp component. It would, mm-hmm. you know, and there had to be something 
fun about you know um, uh, about portraying this world and this life so that uh, you know so that it could remain entertainment you know what I mean? yes um, uh, otherwise you can just you know watch the history channel and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you, know, you know and watch documentaries on these guys there's there's hundreds of them but uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I always, I, you know, uh, I've always sort of looked at it through that lens myself. And, yeah. Uh, you know. it's, and it's just fucking cool. Like the people <laughs> on it are just cool. I mean, everybody, and you think like at first glance, you might think, oh, well, this is a dude's show. Like it's all guys, but it's actually got the best parts for women mm -hmm. on television too, mm -hmm. you know, and that's really a great big exciting thing you know that to see um katie and maggie and that right. you know these tara and Gemma are such important integral figures mm -hmm. and so um tough but such great you know girls too mm -hmm. and that's really powerful mm -hmm. you know no i think so and, and and it's interesting because i uh it was never my intent to uh to have a show with uh you know, with balancing the, that uh, that estrogen against with the uh, testosterone, and uh, um, but it's just the nature. I think some of it is organic. It's it's the nature of that world. You know, um, that you know, the, yes, you know, Gemma is definitely a fictionalized character, and, and women usually are not that empowered in this world. But that they use their women. Um, uh, that that the women have a different role in this outlaw culture uh, as opposed to perhaps uh, La Cosa Nostra or, or some mm -hmm. of the other um, outlaw organizations where the women are sort of, you know, they're, they're at home taking care of the, the kids and, 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 you know, like Carmela Soprano, she had a, you know, she knew what Tony did, but she wasn't allowed to talk about it. You know right. what I mean? It was, this, it was the secret and, uh, and, and she couldn't engage in that, you know, mm -hmm. whereas in the biker community, a lot of these old ladies are, are plugged in. You know, mm -hmm. and um, and, you know, they carry their old man's weapons if they have a felony charge. And, you know, and they're really, you know, they may not, you know, they're not sitting at uh, sitting at the table, but they're very aware of the lifestyle and and supportive and 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 plugged into it and 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 so it's a different you know it's a different you know not that it's not misogynistic because it is but there's a different um uh there's a uh the, the women just serve a different role a stronger role you know right. which to me allowed a character like Gemma to organically sort of spring up you know, mm -hmm. from uh, from the origins of this world, and mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's fantastic. You know, women always come up to Katie and and tell her you know, how great it is to see you know um, uh, you know uh, an older woman on the show who's sexy and strong, and and you know um, and, you know and and you know she's a she's sort of become this uh, 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 this uh, you know a role model for. Uh, uh, for a different kind of generation and uh, uh and she loves it you know and, and and that was you know that wasn't part of the plan but it's it's very gratifying it's very it's exciting and it's cathartic for somebody like me to watch it being an older woman woman myself and thinking well she doesn't have to uh, sacrifice anything about her femininity mm -hmm. to still be tough mm -hmm. and that's really exciting you know right. it's like oh i i think the thing i got most upset about was her when when her and clay got in that fight Right, right. When her and Claire really fight, when they're really fighting, because I always think she really loves him, even though, like, 
you know, all, all, there's a lot of issues, but mm -hmm. she does, you can tell that she really does love him, mm -hmm. or she loves, she loves um, him despite mm -hmm. all of the stuff. And so when they're fighting and it, it's really scary because he's such a giant mm -hmm. and usually so gentle about it, which is one of the things that makes him so appealing. Right, right. But when it, that, that, that crazy, like, anger and rage comes out and he uses his strength, it's, it's really scary. Right. And they're, they're well matched. Right. But he's, um, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm like, so <laughs> what, it's exciting to find, find out what's going to happen with everyone. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's a really, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's a tumultuous, it's a tumultuous world, you know, it's a world that really lives, um, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, for better or worse, really lives moment to moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it's just, I just think it's, it's that outlaw, it's the outlaw life. You know, you don't, you know, it's hard to have a five-year plan because you right. don't know, you know, so you, you really sort of do what's in front of you and, uh, and you, you know, you, you love deep and you hate deep and, mm -hmm. and you know, you, you sort of, you kind of, you know, you live every moment as your last and, yeah. uh, um, uh, and, and, you know, and, and that's not, not all the people I've engaged in this world, but, you know, um, uh, a lot of them really, you know, really approach it that way. And, and, uh, and that's really, you know, I mean, it's great for, you know, drama, obviously, but, uh, uh, it's just, you know, it's just fun, you know, seeing people, uh, uh, you know, uh, wake up every day and, and have that approach to life. Well, it's living, to the fullest living close to the bone. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just curious about the origins of, um, so you you were writing, before when we knew each other, right. you were doing, um, what were you doing? Well, we were doing different things, but you were doing, you did stand-up, I remember you did yes. comedy, yeah. and then you were doing, Would you had you written this, did you have the idea for this show back then? I, uh, I uh, I started out, uh, you know, I started out as an actor and and uh, uh, and, and doing stand up and and uh, and then um, uh, I went back uh, and got my um, MFA in uh, in theater and my plan was to uh, was to direct theater and teach and uh, it was in grad school I started um, writing uh, you know really really bad plays and uh, um, <laughs> uh, so and and but that's when I started writing and 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 sort of blossomed from there and, and wrote a couple of screenplays and um but i think i had i was when i kind of knew you i was still doing stand-up occasionally um but i was mostly at that point just trying to get staffed and trying to get writing gigs and mm -hmm. and, uh, and was writing you know was writing features and uh um and then i got staffed uh, uh on the shield mm. was my first sort of you know uh uh, uh staff job yeah and uh, and then you know stayed on that for the entire run and and was lucky enough to sort of segue into uh, into Sons. But I the the idea for Sons came to me um, through uh, my uh, one of my executive producers on the show, uh, John Linson, had uh, um, uh, he he and his dad Art Linson, Art Linson were mostly feature guys and and he had tried to do a a, a feature in in this world and um, it didn't it couldn't make it happen and. Uh, um, and then we sat down through, he, we hooked up through mutual friends and, and, uh, um, and they didn't really have, uh, they didn't have, um, a life rights or, or really even a story other than, you know, John really just felt like it was a fascinating world. And, and, you know, he saw it as the potential of being like a West Coast Sopranos and he knew a lot of guys in the life, you know, so, 
um, through through John, I I sort of started spending some time with these guys and uh, and really just started doing some basic research on the outlaw motorcycle community. And I've always sort of been fascinated with the subculture. I've been riding bikes since my early twenties. I came across, you know, I came from New Jersey to LA on a motorcycle. So I've, I've sort of had this fascination for a long time. And, um, and, and then the, the research that I did was, was really, um, you know, these, these outlaw clubs formed, uh, post-World War II. And mm -hmm. uh, you had these like war heroes coming back from, uh, uh, from World War II and, um, they would get together and they would ride and, and they were sort of all looking for the, uh, you know, for the buzz and, um, uh, and we're having sort of trouble plugging into, uh, you know, the sort of Eisenhower, uh, uh, a chicken in every pot suburban philosophy. And, and, you know, um, uh, the thing that fascinated me was that in a very short period of time, like 10, 15 years, they went from being this sort of group of, you know, heroes to what the federal government classified as an organized crime syndicate, you know, mm. and to me, you know, and I think some of it obviously is, you know, when you live on the fringe, you attack, you attract the fringe. Yes. Mm. But, uh, uh, I was sort of fascinated with the idea of like that first guy who said, Hey, let's go out and ride bikes and have a couple beers and, 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 and blow off some steam. You know, what did that guy think about? what happened to that organization 15 years later. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he, that fictional he, became the idea of, of John Teller. You right. know, the guy that ultimately began it and then saw it evolve into, you know, into gun running and, you know. Um, and I thought, well, that's a really fascinating character, but I can't have, like, the lead of my show be, like, you know, 70 years old and wondering what happened <laughs> mm -hmm. to my life. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, and, you know, and then sort of the whole Hamlet paradigm kind of fell onto that organically in terms of, oh, well, what if that's, you know, what if that guy, you know, ultimately, you know, was, was, you know, was Hamlet's father and killed and, and the manuscript, uh, that he left was, uh, was ultimately, you know, uh, the ghost of Hamlet, you know, Hamlet's father. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and that all, thank you. And that all happened very, uh, literally in the course of an afternoon, like that, that concept and that idea sort of fell onto it. And, uh, you know, and, and then obviously I expanded it from there, but, uh, um, uh, that all really just came out of, um, mostly academic research. And then after wow. spending time with these guys, I was like, oh, okay, you know, and they were, they were so irreverent and they were funny and I thought, okay, there's, there's, you know, I think there's, uh, uh, there's a way to do this. I think there's a, there's a series here, you know? Oh yeah. And I love the humor in it because the humor is always like really, it's really dark, but it's, it is kind of like maybe the kind of humor that you would see around, um, emergency workers or that kind of, when they're, you know, people are subject to these really extreme conditions, yeah. their humor becomes very intense yeah. and very funny and very dark. It's very dark to offset being around that dark all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to do that. I think it's just organic, you know, you have to find a way, you know, to, uh, you know, to plug in. And, uh, and I was, that's one of the things, you know, um, uh, I was sort of amazed when I spent time with them is that, um, it was, uh, they were just, you know, uh, you know, most of the humor was, um, 
you know, was, was, uh, you know, was, um, uh, perhaps not politically correct, but they, uh, um, they were just really uh, irreverent and, and, and constantly would give each other shit. But, you know, at that, in that, the way that brothers and family, of course, do. yeah. And, uh, uh, and they were just very, very funny. Um, and, and I realized, I was like, oh, okay, that's, as you said, that's what, you know, that's really what these guys need to do. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's trench humor. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, it's that, it's that bond you have to have and that dark humor you have to have because the guy next to you may have his, you know, head blown off at any minute. And, and, um, so it's that, it's, it's that, it's the immediacy of, of, of all that, that, uh, that's part of the life that just, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you, you kind of need that. You look for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it's, they're soldiers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how they do have an air of the regiment about them, even though they are outlaws, they still, they have this uniform and then they have, the, they even ride in formation. Mm-hmm. You know, they have this, this aesthetic that they really stick to. They have a code of, of behavior. They, it's very, um, it is kind of military, even though it's the farthest thing from it, you would think. Mm-hmm. But I see that in, in existence. Um, I'm just kind of trying to picture what did they say like when you said I want to hang out with you guys, or did you just go? Did you hang out with yeah, the bikers? Is it hard? Just... I mean, do they immediately go? Well, hang on, what's his angle? No, who's, this know, who's this? Who's this informant trying to infiltrate the organization? You know, obviously, I I, I had entree to that and and knew people and uh, and there were definitely parameters. You know, in terms of you know, I couldn't take pictures, obviously, and. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, and there were, um, I had a couple things describing, uh, our clubhouse in, in the first script that was a little bit too close to what was in this particular club's, uh, clubhouse. And, and I was asked to not put that in and, and, mm-hmm. and took those out. And, uh, um, so, you know, they, they, they were, you know, they weren't worried, but they were aware. I mm-hmm. would put it that way, you know, and uh, um, which is why I really, you know, I to this day still have a very open line of communication to that world because I never want people to feel like they're being exploited or or we're taking advantage of it. Um, but they were they were you know they were open and uh, you know I have a couple guys on my show who are full patch members of clubs and um, you know uh, you know uh, and they're also my technical advisors you know mm-hmm. and, and and they've been great sort of being you know. Uh, getting you know uh getting feedback from uh uh from the outlaw community and um um but it's interesting you're talking about um military because we uh and and i guess i didn't really see this coming either but we um it's like we are the number one show um in uh uh in the military Mm. you know what i mean like we have so many uh um, you know, we do, well, we do a lot of work with, um, uh, with vets in terms of like wounded warrior is wounded warriors is a big, uh, foundation that we support and, uh, um, and the, and the, and the boot ride and, and the boot campaign. And, uh, so we, we actually were in contact with a lot of vets and, and, and service people. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a huge, it's got a huge following, uh, um, um, in the, uh, in the armed forces. And, uh, and I realized it's for, for that very reason, it's mm-hmm. like, it's that personality, it's that life choice that like a lot of these guys, if they weren't doing that, they'd be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's very similar. And, uh, uh, and I love that you pointed out cause I always, you know, I love the irony of, you know, 
we're in this because we're anarchists and we're rebels and we don't want to live by your rules, but here's a thousand more rules right. that you have to live by if you decide <laughs> yeah. to be part of us. You exactly. know what I mean? And it's, it's, it, I love the irony of that and, and, uh, uh, you know, and what that represents and what that says. And, uh, uh, but it's very true, you know? Yeah. But it's powerful. And like, even, you know, and there's like such a sense of sacrifice and mm -hmm. there's such a sense of like, um, even martyrdom, like, I, mm -hmm. you know, and like with Opie, mm -hmm. which is devastating, I'm not over it. I'm still <laughs> upset. Yeah. It's, you, you, you're lumping that in uh, with uh, with uh, Lady Sybil from Downton yeah, Abbey. A, like you're it's, never going to get over it, right? There's certain things that you, I can't get over. That's the first time you guys have been compared with Downton Abbey, right? <laughs> We're constantly compared. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's, well, it's family stories anyway. It's yeah. the, I mean, that's mm -hmm. the heart of it all. But, but you'll never get over it, right? I'll never get over, yeah, I'll never get over Opie. Well, I think Opie really did sacrifice himself. Yeah. Opie was martyred. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, um, you know, I, I had, uh, uh, and that was a hard one for me because I loved uh, the actor, I loved yeah. the uh, character, and, you know, but both Ryan and I, we got to the point where we both realized that, you know, there wasn't, um, we didn't quite know where to go with the character anymore, you know. He had played him with such pathos uh, over those five seasons that um, um, I just, after, you know, he's taken so many blows, you know, mm -hmm. and I just could not see him sitting at that table with Clay. I, I just, you know, I didn't know where he went, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, and I knew uh, ultimately there would be a, a big emotional catalyst for, for, for Jax in season five or six and, uh, um, and and really saw that as uh, as an opportunity and uh, um, and really allowed him to go out uh, you know uh, in service of the club you know yeah uh, yeah and it's, and it's you know it's it's incredibly sad but really beautiful and uh, um, and it's been great for me in terms of story because it has you know even this season you know there's a Jax has a has a speech with uh, or a scene with um, Tara in the second episode where you know he talks about the impact of Opie and and uh, and what that means and and uh, and how uh, he doesn't want that his death to to uh, to be in vain you know and mm -hmm. you can you can really you know he voices essentially what he's been feeling for the last several months, you know, still yeah. dealing with the death of that, you know. Well, Obi's had a hard time in the beginning and I I did it I I I did a show with Sprague. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I was like you can't how could you die like that? I was so mad at her for yeah. Don being Donna and dying. I know. <laughs> it was like so hard to deal with. Poor Sprague. She uh she uh, when when we had that conversation, I had to tell her we were killing her off. She had been killed off like the last four shows. Oh in, no! In brutal death. And I'm like, <laughs> I, it was just sort of like, well, I know it's a trend, but uh, uh, but uh, uh, she was fantastic. She looks kind of holy, so it seems she she's the perfect sort of like the victim in yeah. that you know she looks so like beautiful and innocent, yes. but with a mean streak a little bit. Yeah. No, she was a good match. She had a lot of fire in her, and uh, 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 and uh, you know we uh, uh, I had talked about this I think on some of the the commentaries, but uh, you know initially um, the character of Opie was only supposed to be around for one season. Like what happened in season five was actually going to happen in season one, mm -hmm. and uh, and we we loved the character so much, and we we loved that relationship and that bond between Jax and Opie that we we didn't want to let it go. But I knew I needed that big 
catalyst with with uh with you know to take me you know to really sort of send me in the direction i needed to go in and uh uh and we ultimately let it land uh, uh unfortunately for sprague we let it land on donna and had it have had the impact be on opie rather yeah. than of opie you know? yeah yeah i mean it's it's great because opie also displayed a lot of rage and like he he wasn't perfect everybody on the show like is so complicated mm -hmm. you know it's not perfect nobody is perfect and even like jack's like there's something that um charlie does that's so when when he's really kicking somebody's ass you can tell you can see the pleasure in his face mm -hmm. <laughs> there right, is right, right. there is kind of this weird like he puts his lip really tight makes his lips really tight and then you know he yeah. really yeah like he's like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna get it now. Like he really does seem to take a lot of joy right, right, right. <laughs> in some of the ass kicking. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, I think some of that for Charlie is, uh, you know, just where he comes from. You know, uh, I think it's innate in Charlie. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a street boy, and uh, uh, but uh, I, yeah, I think you know, I've, I've been, you know, half the. Half the challenge, I think, for a series like this is is in the casting, and I've been very lucky to to cast the actors that you know that take what is ultimately a five or six on the page and can turn it into a nine or ten on screen. And and uh, um, but yeah, you 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 like to think that they're they're complicated and and uh, and have a uh, you know and, and and have pretty much a, a big vocabulary of emotions that uh, mm -hmm. that you can that you can play with. Um, uh, but yeah, it's the thing that I love to do on this show is. Is you know I think sometimes not not frustrating but I um, for for uh, not viewers but perhaps for for critics sometimes is that you know there I don't I don't write to any kind of straight lines in terms of uh, relationships because I, I look at all my family relationships and most of the family relationships I know and and none of them are ever a straight line none of them are linear you know and and so on any given episode you know you can have I love the fact that you can have Gemma and Tara sort of at each other with this sort of primal sense of you betrayed me and I want you dead and then like you know the next episode something can happen where it's like oh, okay sweet you know what I mean it's mm -hmm. sort of like it's 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 that ebb and flow and that constant get, pull and take of of uh, uh, push and pull of, of 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 you know in that case a mother and a daughter or mm -hmm. you know in Clay and Jack's a father and a son yeah you know, so that there's no because it is family that there's no there's no straight lines you no, know what I mean that's true and and you it just you know it's just so much fun to be able to go into an episode and go okay where are they and what can happen that we can play with that a little bit and turn it on its head and you know. Uh, uh, and without having to worry about, okay, you know, n this season Gemma hates Tara or Jax mm -hmm. is at, Cl you know what I mean? To me, that's, it puts you in a box and it's ultimately not, uh, you know, you just start writing the same scene over and over and over again. So, yeah, well, they all need each other, you know. Even, you know who I love? Wendy. Mm -hmm. Wendy's so superior. <laughs> she's so superior because she's sober now. I know. So she's been sober a while. She's got like that. That thing, I just, but I'm just sure over a couple of years, and I, you know, just I walk with a lot of dignity now. It's really <laughs> superior. I love the fact that at the end of the day, the most fucked up person in the pilot is probably the most self-aware and capable human being now. Mm -hmm, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. the uh, uh, on the lot. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. She she does have a little bit of that. Oh, these people are so fucked up. 
group. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so great. It's so great. And everybody is so great. Now, did you did you have a lot of people like um coming to you saying I want to be in this or are you are you um auditioning? What how do you how do you cast this show? We uh we have a you know, uh we have a great uh casting director Wendy O'Brien uh, does our uh, uh, our casting but um, you know for those big seasonal roles uh, um, sometimes I'll have an actor in mind you know um, like Donal is a Donal Logue is a, is, a, is a buddy of mine and we've been trying to work together for a few years now mm -hmm. and uh, we finally made it work and uh, you know and I've been a big fan of Jimmy Smith's for a while so I've been lucky for some of those roles to really go and get the, my first choice you mm -hmm. know what I mean um, and um, and then some of it it's just weird I just you know I just think well who do I want to play you know uh, an escort you know and uh, uh, and w what's the most unlikely or absurd choice and uh, uh, you know so I you know, so it becomes, you know, Disney girl, Ashley Tisdale and, mm -hmm. you know, or, mm -hmm. or David Hasselhoff as yeah. a point, you know, it's, great. it's like sometimes I, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, you know, or Dave, you know, I've been a, such a huge Jane's Addiction fan and a Chili Peppers fan and to be able to like have Dave on the show was yeah. so much fun, you know, yeah. like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I have the luxury now of being able to say, Hey, you want to come over and play with us, you know? And, uh, and that's a lot of fun. And, uh, um, but for, you know, but for, for the most part, you know, uh, most of those roles, we, we do it like, you know, any other show, we, we have people that are submitted and we, and they come in and they read and, uh, um, uh, uh, and, you know, you have actors of obviously of, of, uh, in different caliber and different status and, and, and that process is always different for, uh, uh, for each actor. But, uh, um, um, you know, I, I, I think we're lucky now that we have a, a good enough rep where, um. You know, I think when we first began, people were a little bit suspect. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? They didn't quite know what we were doing here, and uh, uh, and uh, um, but uh, I think by I think now it's um, uh, uh, people dig the show and uh, and are and are usually open to uh, to come on to come on board. Everybody is so good, and it's exciting. I I can't believe that. Wait, is this is this season and then next season? And then what do you, I, I thought this was the last two or is that not true? No, we, we will go, uh, for seven. So, uh, uh, it's, we're in season six, so we will have one more season after this. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, then you are done. Then you're, what, what's after? I mean, I can't, I don't want this to end. I'm like, oh, it's, would they be a spinoff? <laughs> yeah. Would you do like a Mayan series or would you do, um, um, you know, uh, look, I, I, I love all these characters. I love this world. But I also feel like because of, again, um, I use this word in terms of bigness, uh, the epicness of this show that you, you know, by the time season seven rolls around, we're really, you know, I think we're really going to be busting at the seams. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I don't, I don't want to ever, you know, have it get go longer than it should go you know i'd rather have people kind of wanting more at the mm -hmm. end rather than go oh that should have died a season ago that's always um, the worst right when a series yeah. like peters out the last two seasons yeah. something like that and it was like yeah it was better when when it was there and i and i just you know i feel like I, i've been very lucky that you know i feel i love the way the shield went out i thought that went out at the right time in the right way and and i and and i you know and i have a sense of how i want this to end uh uh, I don't know what that, how we're going to get there, or what it's going to look like to get there. <laughs> but you know, that's part of that's part of the fun with uh, with the beginning of every season. But um, um, you know, 
what I what I really want to do, and 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 there's been serious discussion about it, um, uh, is that I I, I really um, am fascinated by this idea of doing the prequel. Oh doing, yeah, uh, doing the first nine wow. and doing the formation of the club and have it be mm-hmm. a period piece. You know? That's right. And, That's great. Uh, and and have it really, you know, I think it would have really different energy than this show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, not that it wouldn't include some of the things that we do, but I think it would have to have different energy. And but you know, I've had talk. I talked to you know Langraf and I have talked about this. Uh, John Langraf and I for for uh, a few times, and and we both sort of agree that we'd like the mythology to sort of sit and you know and 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 live as as what it was for a minute so rather than just sort of dovetailing right into a prequel like to really kind of you know let it land and and settle and let the dust settle for a season or two before Mm -hmm. we would come back and 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 do the prequel it's a great it's that's a great i i i want to see that so bad i do i think i think we'd have a built-in audience for it Mm -hmm. and uh and i think it can be uh, a fascinating show i think there's you know thematically the the politics of it all uh you know in terms of what was going on in the country uh, at that point is really fascinating to me and you know and and to be able to tell the story uh of, of some of these vets coming home and what did that look like and 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 what drove these guys to the fringe mm-hmm. in the outside pocket is is sort of a, a, a fascinating story to me that yeah. we were able to tell there. You know, yeah, so, that's a great idea. I mean, so, that just sounds great. Yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, to make that happen at some point. Oh yeah, I, I I would love to see that. I mean, it just seems like that that's the perfect thing. I mean, a historical piece about it because it's so fascinating. Yeah, and um, it's I don't I I you know it's never been told. Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, unless it's movies from that period. Yeah, I mean, I think you've seen to a certain extent that the subculture back then, but I don't necessarily think, you know, the cool thing is that we have the, the, this mythology that has grown over the last five or six seasons that we'd be, you know, we'd sort of have as framework, mm-hmm. you know, so we could go in and do all that cool shit in terms of the period and, and, yeah. and the world, but have it have context for it in terms of the mythology that people already know. So for them to see, the, the relationship perhaps even beginning in the Vietnam War with uh, with Piney Winston and John Teller and seeing them, you know, as, mm-hmm. as soldiers together and I think would be, you know, kind of cool and uh, yeah. uh, and to tell that story. So, um, but that's sort of in the, you know, uh, the, uh, the very, uh, um, you know, um, infant stages right now but we've uh, we've had some uh, discussions about it so that's really exciting piney i would love to see piney as a young man about that right yeah. piney not having to ride the trike <laughs> that's right <laughs> with no oxygen no oxygen uh, uh, piney smoking yeah yeah that's right <laughs> because he we used to like smell the cigarettes <laughs> yeah. i do have this idea that the first time we see piney though it's after an explosion and he's got a gas mask and he's just breathing in <laughs> oh. <laughs> The very from the very jump, we see him with something on it. But uh, so uh, great, yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, um, so the show is starting. We're gonna put this up on Thursday. The show is starting. Um, people can tweet you though. You're very active on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter, Margaret. So we we actually um started hanging out on Twitter, <laughs> talking on Twitter. Where can they tweet you? At Sutterink. S u t t e r i n k and nice tattoos. Who does, does does um who does your tattoos? Uh, you know, uh, different people. I had uh, uh you know, Ronnie Zulu. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, of course. He did uh, all my uh, beautiful tribal stuff, mm-hmm. and then this Maorian stuff uh, is a guy that worked at his shop called King Afa, um, mm. and he did all this uh, Maorian stuff. That's beautiful. Um, but uh, uh, Zulu did uh, all. This is actually Scythian. Um, which is uh, Scandinavian tribal stuff. Here. Oh, that's 
cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I love it. Um, I, uh, I, saw, I, I, I was excited that you, you had Freddie Corbin. Yes. He's quite an icon yes. in the tattoo community. Well, you know, he created our Reaper. Oh, he did? Yes. That's oh, why I had Freddie on. That's great. Yes. And, that's uh, great. Uh, Freddie, um, John Linson, uh, you know, John is covered in ink and John has this beautiful back piece that, uh, uh, that Freddie did. And, uh, um, and that's how I met Freddie. And, you know, and, and, you know, Freddie created what now is probably the most iconic image of this show. Basically, you know, for, 25 bucks I think we paid him you know it was nothing oh. and then you know so we brought him in for the show and, and now it's cool because now we're doing some marketing stuff and he's doing all we're doing a bunch of variations of the Reaper for like some different jackets and stuff oh, like that oh great and we brought him in to design those oh that's wonderful so we feel like we can throw him a bone yeah. <laughs> after, right. after doing all that but really sweet guy and yeah. super super talented he's a great he's a great tattooer has he done any of your stuff no I have um, a lot of mine I have um, Ed Hardy uh -huh. and Cat Fundy and Kim Say, a lot of the people from LA Inc., like Craig Jackman, and right, right. there's a whole, you know, just a whole bunch of different folks. But um, I just, I just love it. I mean, it's yeah. something that I think I got into because it gave me some ownership over my body. Mm -hmm. So I always oh, had issues yeah. with my yeah. body not having a feeling like this is my body. Right, 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 <laughs> so right. now I feel like because I have tattoos, right. like I, your ink is I own it. fantastic and really Thank beautiful. You. Really Thank beautiful. you. As is yours. Thank and um, I, I'm so excited about the season. I'm so we're going to go do the afterward. Yes, we are show right now and, and talk about it. And um, so people can uh, tweet you. At Sutter Inc., um, they can watch the show. It's on FX. That's right. It's what day is? It's on two. It's on Tuesday Tuesdays, at ten p.m. Tuesday at ten p.m. Yes. And everybody needs to watch. When do they have the repeat? Right after? They do the repeat right after. Yes, and and, and I think that changes at some point in the season, but um, I'm not sure. Oh well, it's phenomenal, and I'm Thank so you. grateful that you came and talked to us. We love you so much. Thank you, darling. It's a pleasure. I love you, and you can um, you can listen to us Mondays and Thursdays. You can. You can download us on iTunes or SoundCloud.com. You can um, tweet me at Margaret Cho. Tweet both of us at Monsters of Talk. Where can they tweet you, Jim? At, at Jimmy Shelter. So we've all got Twitter handles. We can all talk about this. Um, we're, we're so excited. <laughs> we're social. We, we are very <laughs> social. And thank you so much, Kurt Sutter. Thanks, son. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, mate.